You give Teller from Jerusalem 20 minutes, and he'll give you the education of a lifetime. King of the storytellers and the Shakespeare of the Torah world, here is Rabbi Hanok Teller. Hello out there in podcast land. Welcome to Teller from Jerusalem. I'm your host, Hanok Teller. It's our great privilege to introduce to you this evening, or this morning, whenever you're listening, Dr. Rona Novik, who is the Dean of Azrieli. Uh, she's also a clinical psychologist and a tremendous voice of wisdom and soothing and resilience. And I love to hear her speak. And I'm so proud and happy to do a service to those who are listening by presenting to you Dr. Novik. She's just come out with a book. It's exactly one year ago entitled, Mommy, Can You Stop the Rain? And I'm going to let Dr. Novik explain what was the impetus to write this book. Unfortunately, the uh, thank you, first of all, so much. And mm -hmm. uh, it's a great honor for me to be here talking with you. The, the impetus for the book was, believe it or not, 9-11, so many years ago. And yet our world keeps on giving me more reasons why the book should actually be written. So it's not as if trauma and difficulty and challenge happened decades ago, and now we're good. We're sitting here talking today when the world is dealing with enormous challenge, both COVID that we've lived through in the past year, what's happening right now in Eretz Yisrael, in Israel, um, it, 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 and what's happening here in America and what's happened in the past year are incredibly challenging. So why did I write this book? Because after 9-11, when I was doing work with parents, in the New York area, who were terribly traumatized by the event, I noticed that parents who are such an agent of resilience in their children, who build their strength and keep them healthy, had stopped being able to perform an important function of parents. They were not reassuring their children. They were so shocked and so damaged by the, the events of 9-11 and by the trauma that when children would ask a simple question like, when are you coming home for dinner? They would freeze. And instead of saying, oh, well, I hope to be home at six, they would say things like, who knows what will be? And that is not good for children. <laughs> you would imagine this is the mandate of a parent to be able to reassure a child. 100%. But when a parent themselves feel that the carpet has pulled out, been pulled out from under their feet, it is hard for them to find the strength to be resilient. And so I wrote Mommy, Can You Stop the Rain, which is really not about stopping rain, but it's about the reality that we as parents have to face. We cannot take all sadness, all trauma, and all trouble from our children's lives. But that doesn't mean that we can't give them the strength and the fortitude to see it through, even on stormy days. To know that sunshine comes that there is light at the end of the, uh, the, the silver darkness. Lining. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, can you give some examples of uh, what the average, you know, garden variety parents should do to try and instill sure. within their children this confidence? Sure. I mean, the first, the first thing is that validation is so important. When a child comes to us in a time of challenge or trauma, let's take what we've been living through with COVID, if a child comes to us and says, I'm scared of COVID, am I going to get sick? Is Tati going to get sick? Is grandma going to get sick? If somebody comes to, to, a child comes to an adult with a concern, 
it is so important that we not use our parental reflex or our educator reflex to try to immediately make it better. You know, a child comes with a boo-boo and we say, oh, let me kiss it, we'll make it all better. But first we have to validate the child's feelings. We have to say, oh, does that hurt? Then we can say, can I make it better? When a child comes with real serious fear or anxiety and we negate it and we say, oh, it's nothing. You shouldn't worry about that. We, we send the message to a child that their feelings aren't important to us and we haven't heard them. I'm cringing because uh, I'm guilty of this. <laughs> I, I, have, uh... I think every parent does this. It, we want to make the world perfect for our children. Okay. We really want to smooth out every rough patch for them. But it turns out that if you do that as a parent, then you raise children who always need you to smooth out the rough patches, and they never develop the ability to do it on their own. When we as parents start with validation and then provide reassurance and say, no matter what happens, I'm on your side. I'll be with you. I'm here through this. Then our children grow strong. In, in Mommy, Can You Stop the Rain, the parents use a number of strategies. At one point, the daddy in the book offers to uh, drown out the sound of thunder by marching around the kitchen, banging on pots and pans. Using distraction is a tool. Using um, uh, redirection is a tool. Engaging with a child in a different thing, but always first accepting that their feelings are real and that they're valid. And then you can move to providing reassurance, which is just one ingredient in the recipe for resilience. You know, the the definition of resilience by the American Psychological Association. No, is, actually, I don't know. But, okay, okay, well, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> it is the ability to bounce back, to face tragedy, trauma, or challenge, and to keep on going. It isn't to live a life of ease and comfort. That's not resilience. The definition of resilience assumes, what is the saying, into every life a little rain must fall. Mm -hmm. It assumes that we will all have our rainy days. And sometimes, like the year of COVID, we have asked children and families to deal with so much, to deal with isolation, to deal with illness, to deal with financial stress. And yet, resilience tells us the human spirit is extraordinarily resilient. We can handle so much, and we can help our children learn. Okay, so we need a little strategy so of uh, how to do this. Well, we so validate, use tools like I'm going to distract you, I'm going to use humor, I'm going to try to insert some lightness and fun into our days. But the I, I think one of the most important strategies that a parent has in their toolbox in life is their never ending and enduring love for their child. And their the sense of the child that the parent is always there for them. Always there for them and always loving them and always accepting them. It's from that that place of acceptance and knowing that my parents are here for me, that my parents will do all that they can to keep me safe, that will help. 
um, you know, Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, the wonderful television personality who also just had a wonderful way and understanding of children, always said, look to the helpers. We as parents, we have to be the helpers in children's lives. And we have to say, we're, we're going to be here for you. We're not going to do it for you, but we're going to be here for you. The, the one other element, by the way, that's really important in, in being a reassuring and resilience building parent or educator or adult or teacher or teacher, exactly, is that you can't be Pollyanna about it. You can't say, oh, don't worry, I'm going to be here and COVID will never touch our family. Because what if it does? Right. God forbid it does, and then you are the parent who cried wolf. You are the untrustworthy, unbelievable parent. And or you teacher. Never, or, right, or adult. And you never want to be that because there will come a time when you want your words, if, if not every day, but there are times when you want your words to matter. You want them to be believable. You want your child to listen to what you have to say, whether they're two and you're saying, don't go in the street, it's dangerous. Or whether they're, you know, 15 and you're saying, don't do those drugs, it's dangerous. Or whether they're 25 and you're saying, don't, don't do that, it's dangerous. You want to be believable and trustworthy as a parent. So you can't promise what you can't deliver. You have to be reasonable. Because you'll lose your credibility if you cry wolf. 100%. And, and the world is, uh, at times a difficult place and we don't we don't do our children a service by saying it's all rose-colored and it's all wonderful we help them by saying yes there are tough days we'll get through it together we'll be here together we'll be here for you i'll be in your life always forever Okay, that's very good. I'm going to go back to what you said earlier because one of the techniques I used as a parent was like I was the master of uh, distraction. Like uh, I did two things. Like bedtime was always a crisis and we're blessed with a large family. So I would, uh, like one thing I, I would, I think that I, this may even be psychological terminology, I would embed a command pardon the pun mm -hmm. here, like I want them to go to bed. So I would say, right. do you want red pajamas or blue mm -hmm. pajamas? Mm -hmm. And the message is you're going to bed. Correct. But I give them the option of, they think they have an option of an alternative. Right, right. it's called the illusion of choice and it's mm -hmm. another wonderful parenting tool. It, it isn't really a distraction. It, it's understanding the way the human brain works. We don't particularly like, our brains do not like direct commands and they don't like no. Especially if you're a teenager. Oh, but the human brain at all mm -hmm. ages, how much do you like being told no? <laughs> Don't you prefer a yes? Mm -hmm. The human brain, if I could have a picture of what the human brain goes through when it hears You're no. You're good at that. I've seen you give illustrations yes. of, of No is hands on hip. Mm -hmm. Make me. Mm -hmm. The minute we tell our brain no, it says make me. You mm -hmm. can't tell me no. But when I say not you're taking a bath, but I'm saying do you want the blue towel or the red towel, I'm short-circuiting that human brain response to the direct command or the direct, no, you can't go to bed without a bath. I'm just saying. Well, that that also works, towel. by the way, with stories. Storytelling is if I tell you you're doing something wrong, all the defenses go up. If I tell a story about someone else and you realize that applies 100%, to you. 100%. 100%.
And it's one of the reasons that in my clinical work with children, in my parenting work with my own children, reading books and finding books that have the messages that you want subtly, indirectly, to, to either influence your child or to open a conversation with your child. For example, let's take Mommy, Can You Stop the Rain? I've gotten actually such wonderful feedback from people telling me that they've read it to their children, their grandchildren, they're loving it, it's their favorite book. I always ask, well, are they a nervous child? Where did they have worries? Do they like the book because it made them feel better? No, 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 they don't have worries at all. They just like the book. But when you read a book, it opens a conversation with a child where you can say, you might not be worried about rain or storms or thunder, but everybody has some things that makes them a little scared. What makes you scared? Me personally? <laughs> no, I, well, I'd love to hear, but it's, it's a chance to open a conversation. You read a book about friendships. You can talk about Frog and Toad are good friends, but they had a fight. Do you ever have a fight with your friends? What do you do? How do you do it? That also, again, short circuits the defensiveness. If a child walks in from school and you say, so did you have any fights with your friends today? You're not going to get a very receptive <laughs> conversation. But if in the context of reading about Frog and Toad or Nancy and Joey, you, you talk about friendships, then you can make the connection. How about in your life? How does this work for you? And it's, it's a, a wonderful way in to the minds of our children is through books. Right. Okay, I got that. And uh, I know that a little from my, my experience in storytelling. Uh, it's interesting about, uh, like, thunder. Uh, one interesting, we're, we're blessed with twins. And uh, I'll never forget, I think they were three years old. And it was their thirst thunder. One was, like, at the window, yay! One was going, ah! <laughs> it was so different. And I, I didn't know, how am I going to cope with this? Like, I have two different... Situations you know, children, on hand. Children are, are born, it's well documented that children are born with temperamental leanings. Not that they are unchangeable, but we know that go into a newborn nursery. Right. Go into a newborn nursery and you'll see one baby who's wet, whose cry is, uh -huh, uh -huh, and another one who's wailing and, 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 and thrashing in their bassinet. Mm -hmm. Those are temperamental differences. It's it, the, the child who's very kind of calm and easygoing in their bassinet and just <laughs> will probably be somewhat easier to raise and always have a more easygoing disposition. The one who's screaming and thrashing is going to have to work to change that. It's, it's not impossible to go up against your temperament, to try to be different. I'm, I'm not, my temperament is such that I like to be active. I'm not good at sitting still. And I could do a kind of vacation where let's go see that museum and let's tour here and let's go here. And I have to force myself. I have to work at it to say, one day we're just sitting. One day we're just going to be looking at the landscape. We're not climbing a mountain. We're not running anywhere. I have to work at it. Um, it's not my natural tendency, but I can do it if I want to. So you have one twin who may have a natural tendency of a fear of loud noises and, and startles, and another one who's very easygoing and thinks, cool, 
Yeah. Isn't this neat? What's going on mm-hmm. out there? Let's go explore it. And it's more adventurous. And that's their nature. The trick of parents is to find the strategy and the way to connect with each child based on who they are. We don't take the child who's terrified and afraid of thunder and say, come on, let's go out in a storm. That won't work well. And we don't take the one who's standing by the window saying, cool, and say, oh, my God, you should be terrified of that. You can't do that. You have to accept them for who they are and work with that. Yeah. Okay. We don't have much time left to my chagrin, but I would be very obliged if you could give us some pointers for trauma. For example, you hear on the news, God forbid, there was a mass shooting in, in, in a mall and uh, everybody's afraid. What would you recommend? For children, um, what I recommend is, first of all, we have to be so cautious about exposure to media. I think it's like Goldilocks. There's, you know, when there's too little, it's not right. When there's too much, it's not right. You got to find just enough. And that's not just for children. That's for adults. We can get overly sensitized. Children don't understand distance. They don't understand that what they're seeing on the news is not happening next door. It may be happening 10 states or four continents away. It's in their living room. It's on the news. It's as if it's happening here. Children also take their cues from us. Whether they fall and scrape their knee and turn around and look at you to see, do you look upset? Do you look scared? To know whether they're hurt or not. And whether there's a mass, God forbid, trauma that we're all living with, They are feeding off of our anxiety. We have to be the grown-up 24-7, 365 days a year. It's exhausting. I see your face. I know you're tired. I'm so grateful for this advice. But we have to be the grown-up. That means if you're going to fall apart, if you're going to lose it, go into a private place and do that. Your child needs you. If for nothing else, for the sake of the child, you, you have need to, to be the grown up, and right. and you need to. Doesn't mean again, no Pollyanna. You don't have to walk around saying, "Oh, who cares about COVID? I'm not worried." You can say, "I'm worried too, sweetheart." I know. We have. That's why we wash our hands. Point to the strategies that keep you safe. That's why we wash our hands. That's why we wear a mask. That's why mommy got her shots to keep her safe from COVID. You point to what you're doing and what your child is doing that helps keep them safe. And the the last piece of advice, you know, every time you fly in an airplane, they make the same announcement. If the cabin experiences a sudden loss of air pressure, oxygen masks will drop from above. Even if you're traveling with little ones who need assistance, affix your mask first. One of the most important things we do. I've heard you say this several times, and every time you say it, it's a pearl of wisdom. One of the most important things we do for our children is to take care of ourselves, to take care of our own anxieties, to find our solutions. We're the grown-ups. We can meditate or do yoga or, or use prayer or tap into our spirituality or call a friend. We're grown-ups. We can do that. And the better we are at taking care of ourselves the more resources we have to be the great parents our children deserve. Okay, thank you very much. This has been so enlightening. I want to recommend to everyone, Mommy, Can You Stop the Rain by Dr. Rona Novik. Uh, It's a book really worth having, and I'm going to make it my business to get hold of a book. And thank you very, very, very much. My pleasure. Be well. Thanks for listening to Teller from Jerusalem, where this series takes an intelligent and thought-provoking look at the past in order to acquire a perspective on the present. 
spread knowledge by giving us a five-star review, and tell your friends to subscribe. Join us next time for a brand new episode, and be sure to visit telefromjerusalem.com where you can find more details about the show and other useful information. Check out the site store, and just by inserting the TFJ code, you receive an additional 10% discount off the already very reduced prices of all Hanoch Teller products, books, lectures, and documentaries. And remember, don't forget, you can get Teller from Jerusalem on any podcast platform or go to telefromjerusalem.com.